everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles, and we are without our other co-host, Brian Misher, but he'll be back with us on the post-game show. Let me check in with Ethan, and then we'll get into this Boston College matchup for this weekend. I'm good. It's good to be back. Obviously, coming off the biggest win, I think, in program history. It's going to be an interesting matchup this week. Obviously, the storyline is there with Ian Book against Bill Yurkovich. That one will be fun. I'm excited to see what that quarterback battle will be like on Saturday. Yeah, and Boston College comes into this matchup 5-3. and three. It's a team that has been in a vast majority of the games that they've played in. You know, they brought Clemson down to the wire, only lost by six. Blew the doors off Georgia Tech. They, they've played a lot of competitive games. They have the ability to put up points in bunches. And a lot of that has to do with Phil Dracovic, like you said, the former Notre Dame quarterback who transferred over to Boston College this year. But to kind of just recap on this past weekend, I mean, Saturday was unreal. Great victory for this Irish team. In my, in my 26 years of living, the most important victory that I've seen them ever win. And just like... Even though we didn't win a championship on Saturday, just the best feeling after a win, knowing that we earned that and that they played their absolute hearts out. But something that Brian's talked about, something that you've talked about, and we've talked about all the way as far back as the the preseason preview of this season was this schedule and how it had these kind of trap games. So now we just beat the number one team in the nation. We're playing a team that only lost to that same team by a touchdown. And honestly, from watching that game, probably should have beat Clemson. Is this a trap game? What should Notre Dame be worried about? What would you say going into Boston College is the biggest eye-opener for you? I think the one fear that I have for this game is just the fact that Notre Dame's now going to overlook Boston College. I think that coming off a big win like that, I think it's hard to continue you know staying ground and staying focused on what the end goal is because I think now that Notre Dame beat that team and beat Clemson and they finally got over that hump of not winning a big game now it's like okay now you have to turn that around and keep that going keep that momentum going forward and if Notre Dame slips up this week and they're not prepared the right way Boston College will will beat them Uh, I don't think that Brian Kelly will you know have them unprepared I think that they stayed focused, they stayed on that grind this week, and I, I honestly think that there's there's a lot going on in Brian Kelly's head about this quarterback matchup because you know the media's in his ear about it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Phil bleeds the same blood that we bleed, and it was great to meet him last year, and we, we were able to recruit him to Notre Dame. It just didn't work out, and he is doing well at Boston College. He has over 2,000 yards on the season, a 62% completion percentage, along a 77 yards and a 15 to four touchdown to interception ratio. This is a guy that has been sacked 22 times though. So with the pass rush that we have, I think the formula really is the same thing that we had for DJ Iwagalele last week. You just got to get after the quarterback. You got to make sure you keep pressure in his face. These guys have gone against Phil Dracovic in practice a bunch of times. The secondary players, guys like Tariq Bracey, guys like Kyle Hamilton, all of these players that have been in this program know how he plays. They should be able to get an interception or two off of him in this game. But at the end of the day, too, 
Boston College likes to, they still like to run the football. They have a quality back in David Bailey. And then on the defensive side, they have their own Jeremiah Wosu Cormo and Max Richardson, who has 79 tackles, 43 solos so far on the year. And that is good for second in the nation. This is a team that is, although not towards the top of the ACC, a relatively talented team. And last year, we got the best of them. You know they want to get their lick back. We absolutely pounded them in South Bend last year. A game that you and I were at, a game that you and I ironically met the Boston College quarterback at. So that's kind of a, a weird little twist. Uh, Notre Dame, they're outrunning this team by a lot. Kyron Williams, 128 carries, 740 yards, and 10 touchdowns on the year. David Bailey so far has 110, 429 with four touchdowns. So honestly, I'm going to take it back to what you said. If this Notre Dame defense gets pressure on, uh, on Phil this weekend, there's no way that this Notre Dame defense won't be able to make plays and their defensive backfield won't be able to make plays this week. I know I called for uh, for the interception last week, but I really think that this is going to be Kyle Hamilton's week to finally do something out of the backfield. He's been coming up and making huge tackles you know, in the hole, but it's about time he makes that interception this week. Yeah, and that perfectly leads me to my next point. I think there's an opportunity for him to get it. One of their leading receivers on the year is 6'5", 253-pound tight end Hunter Long. 43 receptions, 501 yards, and three touchdowns on the year. I've seen the kid play in multiple games. He is a threat. He is their Cole Komet. He is their Michael Meyer. He's someone that they're going to look to feed. And in an offense that, for the most part, although Phil does have a lot of yards, it's a lot of underneath routes. It's a lot of you know short to intermediate routes. They're really looking to get the yards after the catch and move the ball methodically. This is a team that, like I said, you know, they do score a decent amount of points per game, and their defense can be had. Last week they had an ideal matchup against Syracuse. Syracuse took them down to the wire. I mean, it was only 16-13. to That's an all-time letdown spot for them, too. Coming after the matchup and the game that they played against Clemson the week before, in which they only lost by a touchdown, obviously going into this game for Notre Dame, we got to get through it healthy. We have to make sure that we continue to build on what we were able to succeed with against Clemson. I mean, everyone talked about going into that matchup, how Clemson's the Clemson defense was the best defense on the field and this and that and da-da-da-da-da. Obviously, there was 87 points scored, so you're not going to really look at last week as a defensive matchup. But when it came down to it, when the plays need to be made, the Notre Dame defense was there. We're going to need them to be there again this week as this offense can hit you in a variety of different ways. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, you're coming off the, the probably one of the best offenses in college football, and you were able to bring them down to the wire like that. And yeah, like you said, it was a high-scoring game, but we know what this defense can do. We know this defense will help Notre Dame win games, and this is one of those games that their defense needs to step up. I just think that Phil is – Phil's. Phil's true quarterback skills are going to be exposed on Saturday against this defense. Yeah, and like I said earlier in the episode, I feel like this is an opportunity for us to get at least one or two interceptions on Phil. And he has put the ball on the dirt um, a couple times, too, with fumbles. Like I said, he's been sacked 22 times. His offensive line really has not done him a lot of favors this year. So for us to be able to beat this Boston College team, we just got to go in there and play our game, similar to how... Brian Kelly didn't want to falter. He didn't want to change the game plan. He wanted to stick to what we were good at, and that was running the football, building the play action, and then eventually building up to that shot. Guys like Javon McKinley were catching that ball last week. 
Ian Book was putting the ball on the money. He was the highest graded quarterback in all of college football by PFF last week. 90.7 grade. He did a lot. Honestly, too, I'm going to say this, too. Ian Book did so much for his draft stock last week, too. We didn't talk about it on Saturday. I know not a lot of Notre Dame fans are really thinking towards that. Obviously, that's something that Ian may not even be thinking towards. But the way he played out there on Saturday definitely resonated with some GMs in the NFL. Well, you talk about the numbers between the two quarterbacks. And, yeah, Phil obviously leads in yards. But it's exactly what you said. It's just you know, underneath it's a lot of yak. And I think that Ian Book right now, and there's a lot of people in the media and there's a lot of people that really saw what he did Saturday night. And I think Ian Book, like you said, made a name for himself. And I truly think it's going to come out again this weekend where his veteran leadership and his ability to win football games, doing, doing it the way that Notre Dame does it best will come out. And it's not throwing the ball three, 400 yards every game. And I, personally love the way that they called that game I know I said it on the uh, the Clemson post game but Tommy Reese called a hell of a game and if there's any kind of change up from what we saw against Clemson I'm going to be upset but I don't think that there that will happen Tommy Reese just stick to what worked stick to what works for you and that Ian Book Tommy Reese connection is just so strong right now I love it yeah, and you just have to continue to build on what we were able to do successful because, like you said, this is a long season. Just because we beat Clemson last week doesn't mean that, you know, our season's over. We still have to go and play North Carolina. We still have to play Boston College. We still have a high-scoring team in Wake Forest at the end of our schedule. And then we're going to probably have to play either Clemson or Miami in the ACC title game if we get there. So there's a lot of work left to be done, but there's just something about this team, man. There's just something about the players in that locker room, the coaching the amount of times we've been counted out, the amount of times us as fans have had our hearts broken in these games and in these seasons that I just feel that this team is special. And as long as they can continue to do their one-of-one, one, stay disciplined, make sure that everybody does their job, this team can be expected to be in the college football playoff. And, and I know it's early, but I still do like our chances against any team in the country. Looking back on it, in the big time setting, that was the most poised football I've seen in the, in the stressful time of that game when it's, you know, Notre Dame needed to get down the field and score. That was the most poised I've ever seen this football team. And I, I don't even think in the bigger games in 2012, I think that there was still a lot of franticness going on. But really, I think that this team is calm. They're collected and they're able to get the ball down the field and they're able to step up when it counts in big time moments. Yeah, and for our gambling guys out there, when Notre Dame stepped onto the field down 33-26 to 26, right before that last drive that Ian Book connected with Avery Davis for the touchdown, the Irish were plus 1,800 money line. So for our gambling people, that means if you at that moment decided like, hey, I think the Irish are going to win, I'm going to put 100 bucks on this, you would have won 1,800 bucks. So nobody believed in Notre Dame, but the 11 guys in that huddle and the rest of the people on that sideline and the people in that stadium, like, Talking Heads counted us out. The broadcast, it was the most beautiful drive that I've seen under that amount of pressure by a Notre Dame quarterback in my entire life. And just moving forward, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. This team's going to go as far as Ian Book can take us. And Ian Book willed us to that victory out there on Saturday. We want him to have a great game out here on Saturday again because – 
like like you said, Ethan, the narrative has been fill, fill, fill. Every weekend, there's the highlights, there's the 300-yard games, the three touchdowns, the flashiness, whatever. But for some reason, until last week, nobody wanted to put that respect on Ian Book's name because, like you said, play calling is a little different. We're not throwing the ball as much. We're running the ball a lot more. So obviously he's not going to throw for 303 every game. But the way that he's playing, the way that he protects the football, the way that he extends plays with his legs, kind of like Russell Wilson, like Brian said, it's been great to see the growth over the three years that he's been our quarterback to the point now where, like, as much as we see freshman quarterback and sophomore quarterbacks come in and win national titles, one thing that's been lost in college football is that kid who stuck with it, who as a freshman or a sophomore, maybe didn't have the luck that he thought that he would have had. He wrote it out. He remained the starter and he gets his opportunity before he rides off to the NFL or whatever it is that he may want to do. I'll never forget the LSU bowl game where he made his name with, uh, with miles Boykin. So what a way to, to, to really make a name for yourself in Notre Dame and just really to see that career blossom and really just to see what it did for him and where it will propel him going forward. You know, he's not a first or second or, you know, even a third round pick at this point, but you know, we'd love to see him get to that point. But right now Ian Book's job is to go out and win football games for the university of Notre Dame. His job is to go out and win one game each week. And he's done that so far and he's doing his job here at Notre Dame. And, like you said, that's uh, that's opening a lot of eyes for the scouts. No matter what his size is, no matter what his arm can do, he's a leader, and he wins football games. Yeah, and, and the, I guess you would say, overwhelming amount of awards that came in for players uh, from the national media, different types of awards, guys like Avery Davis, Jeremiah Wozukoromoa, Ian Book, all these guys were getting national praise. Kyron Williams. This is one of the most talented Notre Dame teams that we've seen over the years. This defense is going to control the line of scrimmage, no doubt. Like They're going up against a less-than-ideal offensive line to be protecting their guy and Phil Dracovic. And I feel that no matter who we have out there, you know, whether it's the the first-string guys, the second-string guys, they're going to be able to get after Phil. And as much as I want to say this could be, you know, a potential trap game. I do think Notre Dame takes care of business pretty handily this week. I don't think they have that game that everyone thinks of, like that we've had in the past years, like the Northwestern games, the Pitt games, all these games where we've dropped against inferior opponents. I think this is a Notre Dame team that, especially after that Clemson game, is so tuned in on, like what you said, Ethan, going 1 and 0 every week and just taking care of that team that's in front of them. And then you survive and advance. They've done it to the highest regard this year. It hasn't always been pretty, but we're sitting here with a month left in the season, and we are the number two team in the nation, and that shit was not given, and that was earned. Clark Lee is a hell of a defensive coordinator, and I know we give a lot of credit to Tommy Reese, but you know the work that he's doing with that defense is just in and out every week is amazing. And we, we talk about how good this defense is, and that's where it starts with good coaching. So I, I expect him to call a really good game against Boston College as well because like you said they do not have a great offensive line and if we're able to get to Phil the defense is going to make plays no matter what we've seen it and I I agree with you I don't think that Boston College will they'll keep it 
close in the first quarter, but really I don't think Notre Dame will will let them hang around with them. I, I do think that Notre Dame will pull away in the second and it will be a blowout. Yeah, and I really want to see the ability to stretch the field and hit our receivers deep, like guys like Javon McKinley, guys like Ben Skoranek. Avery Davis had a hell of a game last week. He showed a lot of heart, a lot of grit. I don't want to see a, a peeled-back game plan. I want to see them continue to move the ball as quickly as they were against Clemson. They had a lot of drives. Some of them they weren't able to cap off. But honestly, too, that's one thing this week that I want to see. I want to see them finish those drives. Finish those drives that we had drop passes and turnovers, or not turnovers, uh, uh, fumbles. And, and, yes, we did have one turnover, so I guess turnovers as well. We need to be able to play complementary football and be able to set our defense in good positions this week because, like I said, Phil already has 15 touchdowns on the year. He's a guy that can find the end zone. Again, we do know how to beat him, and I feel we are at a, a greater advantage having the DBs that we have and the amount of reps that they have against Phil. But on the reverse end of that spectrum, he also knows how to beat those DBs. So we'll see what happens. Going into this matchup, they're 5-3. and three. The, the spread is 13.5. Notre Dame's their favorite by 13 and a half points and the over under is 49 and a half points. So the rest of the world is kind of catching up to really where this Notre Dame team is at. I think going into last week, they had the game properly handicapped. Obviously Brian talked a lot about the ability of Trevor Lawrence to move a line 10 points. And one thing too, I guess I would say is, is Clemson is still favorite by a lot to win the ACC. So this is a team right now that, just needs to focus on that one week at a time mode. They need to get past Boston College. And then on the other side of that, we have a bye week. So you get through Boston College, you start to get some of these guys like Braden Lindsey back, some of these players that have been injured, healthy. This is a team that is going to be hopefully 8-0 going into that bye week. I would not want to play this team if I'm anybody else in the nation. North Carolina, like, I know that's a game that we talked about could be a potential trap game. That's a team that scores a lot of points. They don't have a defense. If our offense is clicking like how they are right now, that that's going to be a very, very high-scoring affair for their defense. Like We could end up blowing them out. I agree. Looking back on where we were at week two, week three, and we had a lot of questions on where this offense was, that North Carolina game looked a lot more intriguing. And North Carolina was higher ranked at the time, but uh, I, I don't think that that game will be an issue either. Uh, this defense is just scary. This defense is just scary good. And the talent that it produces week in and week out and the amount of points that they hold off the board. I love the over-under where it's at this week, too, because it's a close number to where my score prediction is. So I'm glad that, like you said, they have it right where it should be at with how many points this defense gives up and how rare it is to score on them outside of the Clemson matchup. We obviously know Clemson's offense is outstanding, but... Like I said, I think that that goes into this week as well because if Clemson was able to pass the ball the way they did and you're able to go back and teach that and watch film from this past week and get ready for this week, I don't see how these DBs shouldn't make plays. Boston College is not anywhere close to Clemson level on offense. This week should be like playing a t-ball team when you're in college baseball. Like Honestly, that's what it should be. It's T-ball week, baby. We got to hit that shit out of the park. Yeah, I think you brought up some great points. The defense, like, 
just going to go out and say it. They're the best in the nation. There is no defense in this nation that is better than the Notre Dame defense right now. Still, we're not number one in the nation overall, but as long as we're in that top four, remember Irish fans will get an invite to that college football playoff. So we need to take care of Boston College this week. We need to stay healthy. We need to go into that bye week just healthy and getting on the right track for the final push of this season, for the final three or four games, that ACC title game, and whatever postseason we have at the end of that. Because realistically, to be in this position this late in the season after the Clemson game, nobody, and I'll even say it, we honestly didn't think, like you said, after week two or week three, that we were going to go out and beat Clemson. As the season kind of progressed, and as we got to Saturday last week, I walked in, you know, I walked into the apartment like, we're not fucking losing. We didn't. But this team knows what they have to do. And right now, you can make the argument that they're one of the best coached teams in the nation. Brian Kelly has been coaching phenomenally this year. And I'm tired of hearing the narrative that he is not a top-tier coach in this nation. So, Again, no Brian Kelly slander, no Ian Book slander will be tolerated around these parts. What do you have for your score prediction? I know you said you had it right around where the point total was. I do. I have a Notre Dame 38, Boston College 7. I think it's going to be one of those games where it's 14-7 to 7 at the end of the first quarter, and we're questioning why Boston College is only down seven points at the end of the first quarter. But Notre Dame's offense will pick it up in the second quarter, and I think they just take it away from there. I'm going to go Notre Dame 38, Boston College 7. Yeah, I'm going 31-10, and my reasoning behind that is similar. I think Boston College keeps it close to begin with, you know, first first half, first quarter. But this is a team that turns the ball over a lot. This is a team that I've seen sputter and just completely fall out of games in a hurry this season. I think the Notre Dame defense gets after our guy Phil He's seeing ghosts out there like Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football. And the Irish get out of this game with a 31-10 victory. And it's because of that defense and it's because of the offense's ability to continue to build on what they've done so well this season. Who do you have for your offensive and defensive players of the game? On offense this week, I'm sticking with my guy. I think this is just another prove-it week for Ian Book. And I think he's going to go out and prove the haters wrong again. I think he's going to have another big day in route to those 38 points. He needs to have another big game. I don't think that there can be a step back from him because at this point, you know, you've got a lot of eyes on you. You just knocked off Clemson and, you know, you're finally setting that narrative straight. And I don't think that he's going to take a step back this week. I think he's going to have a huge week. And I think it's going to be Ian Book that uh, will take my offensive pick. And I already mentioned Kyle Hamilton on defense getting the interception this weekend. So I'm going to stick with him. I think that, like you said, this pass rush is too good. Dalen Hayes, Jeremiah, Wosu, Koromoa, they're going to get to fill. Kyle Hamilton's going to get the pick. Notre Dame's going to win. Yeah, for me on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to kind of go with what I said earlier in the podcast. I want to see Notre Dame, you know, stretch the field, beat this Boston College defense deep. And I think they're going to find Javon McKinley on a nice, deep, like 60-plus yard touchdown. It is something that they have worked on over the last few weeks, trying to beat defensive backs deep. We saw McKinley come away with quite a few catches last week. Avery Davis as well. Your guy Ian Book's going to put it on him. He'll have another quality game. But my offensive pick is going to be Javon McKinley. I think he'll have over five reception, over 100 yards, and he'll find the end zone at least once this week. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go back to the linebacking core. I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to go with Drew White. Someone that I saw play with a lot of heart was all over the field making a lot of tackles last week. And 
I think he'll get at least a sack. I think they're going to send him on a blitz. He'll get one sack this week. And like you said, it, it, it's going to be a game that we may have a little bit of a heart attack or it may be like, oh, my God, why are we starting slow again in the first quarter, first half? But eventually, this Notre Dame team will overpower them, and they will be able to win this game pretty handedly. Do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for this Boston College preview? No more Ian Book slander. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I've got to say. I'm tired of hearing Ian versus Phil. We're going to find out this weekend who the better quarterback is. And all those all those posts, all the social media posts, all of them, they're going to be wrong this weekend when Ian Book beats Boston College handily. One thing to keep your eye on, too, Brian uh, has an interview with Notre Dame basketball player Tory Jackson that will be coming out next week on the bye week. So keep your eye out for that as we start to make our transition to college basketball as well. That tips off in a few weeks, I believe. So, and Notre Dame, I think that they've got a, another interesting team and Brian will make sure to have it covered for us this season. And we got to ride out this football season first, because it's going to be a hell of a finish. Yeah. Like you said, Ethan, the uh, Notre Dame basketball season starts November 28th and Brian will have us started off with a, uh, an interview with, like you said, Notre Dame basketball star Tory Jackson to get us cracking for this season. But on the docket for this weekend, it's Boston College. They got to take care of, you know, that that Boston College team. They're playing them on the road. There will be no fans there at the game, so it will be a quiet arena, a quiet stadium. They uh, should be able to take care of business pretty handily. But again, this was Irish on Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon300. I was joined today by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. He can be found at Ethan underscore Wiles. And then all of our work can be found at ONTAP Irish or at ONTAP Sportsnet. We were missing our guy, Brian Mishler, today. But like we said, he'll be back with us on Saturday. And then he has an absolute banger of an interview coming your way with Notre Dame basketball star, Tori Jackson. But again, thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned and go Irish. (laughs) 